Yes, I mercy. Feminine Critique, episode 80, asterisk three, 83, asterisk. So um, at one point, remember, I double listed an episode as like number 40, and then it turned out that I skipped over 82. So now we're at, no, I skipped over 81, I think. We went from 80 to 82. So this is episode 83, and I'm comfortable with that because it kind of really is 83. I'm glad that you're comfortable with that. Well, it's important. Who are you? What's your name? I'm, I'm Christine. Uh, we apologize in advance if the audio doesn't sound great. Uh, my good microphone seemed to have died right before we started recording. Perhaps it didn't. W- <gasps> I know. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You, you know what happened, Christine? You know what happened? What happened? My headphones didn't want to talk about what the sequel should have been called, which obviously would have been Hear No Evil. Oh, I thought you were going to say um, I don't see any evil as well. Oh well, yeah. yeah solid though. I I'm pretty. I think that was pretty good. That joke would have worked better, by the way, if everybody knew what movies we're covering this week, yeah. which are, <laughs> by the way, see no evil. Uh huh. And, and Russell Madness. Yeah. Okay, I don't know sure what the real name of that movie is anymore. Uh, although WrestleMania is such a perfect title. God I know it. it's really good. Oh, boy. We are going to have a lot to say about the wrestling dog movie, aren't we? Um, I think you, you'll be surprised how little I have to say. <gasps> really? You didn't write <laughs> monkey in a hat in caps lock like 10 times in your notes like I did? No, but it's in my heart. Okay. Uh, so 2015's Russell Madness, which is a movie about a dog who's a wrestler. And 2006's See No Evil, which is a movie about a wrestler who plays a man who's kept in a dog cage. Yes. Yeah. There was never a better double billing than these two movies, Christine. Well, well I'm glad you feel that way. I do. I guess you didn't, apparently. No, I do. Okay. Well, you did a good job picking the movies this week. Is all. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I didn't... Yeah, let's let's... Yeah, let's talk about them. Let's, let's pat yourself on the back for that one. Before oh, we talk boy. about the movies, Christine, it's been a few weeks since we recorded. What else have you been doing with your time that would be spent watching movies? Well, I'm gonna trying to get my list up right now, um, but not on my list, but worth mentioning. I watched the first season of Mr. Robot, and wow. while completely charmed by the first few episodes, by the end, I really didn't like it. Interesting. Yeah. Um... I feel like I watched some other TV, but I've already forgotten what. Um, Yeah, so I actually watched some decent stuff. Ooh, good. I did not, (laughs) so this will be exciting. I'm excited to talk about this. Um, So I watched, I finally watched Cheap Thrills. I think it's on Netflix. It is. It's been on there forever. It's been on my queue forever. 
Yeah, it's been on my queue forever as well. I liked it. I would be very curious to hear what you thought, though. Okay. I don't know why I keep ignoring it. Like, it's there. Every time I go through, I'm looking for a horror movie, and I see it, and I'm just like, ah, nah. But why did I put it in my queue if I was never going to watch it? What does um, that say about me as a person? No, I know. I do the same thing. You should definitely look at it. It was a little... It, it, I, I laughed at it. It was funny. It's got a weird tone, okay. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's got a weird tone that, for me, didn't always work. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you should definitely look at it while it's okay. still streaming. Um, I went to the theater, and I saw Hidden Figures. <gasps> oh, what do you think? I loved it. Oh, I really want I really, at first, I'm like, I just want to give that movie my money. I want yeah. that movie to do well. And it's doing great. Yeah, we went and it the theater was absolutely packed, and awesome. it was like Saturday afternoon. That pleases me, and you really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really great because I know the joke's already been made that people thought it was just going to be the help in space, right? Um, but it's not. It's like like a legitimately like amazing a good movie on like the help. It's a beautiful, wonderful, fantastic, like great movie. That's awesome. Um, with great performances and. Really, it's really well well shot too. Like it's just really good. I'm excited about it, and I'm glad people are seeing it because yep. it's and good. it got a best picture nomination. So I'm sure more people will. Yeah, it. yeah, I really hope so. Um, it's so nice to see something that's not boring and like everything else. Right, right. Um, so we had to cancel Movie Pass oh. because they changed their um, terms and conditions. Oh, and I saw you were not getting answers, so you took it to Twitter. I got very mad. They changed their terms and conditions, and any any theaters that they're not quote unquote partners with, they buy a limited amount per day, and you have to get one of the tickets that they've bought for the day. That sounds like it, bullshit. It it does because you're paying like fifty dollars a month, yeah. so it's like you're paying fifty dollars to maybe see a movie. So it was kind of bullshit. So I didn't see anything else in the theater. Okay. Because we don't have the ability to see them as readily anymore. But um, I watched Talented Mr. Ripley because I just read the book. Very nice. How does it compare to the book? I've never read any Patricia Highsmith. Um, um, but I liked the movie. The book, I liked the movie too. I liked the movie a lot. And I liked the, mo- I liked the movie the first time I saw it. And I liked it watching it this time. It is completely different than the book. Interesting. I will fight anybody that disagrees with me. Because while it is very similar, there are important key things changed mm. that completely changed the story. Okay. Um, there's whole characters added. There's interactions that never happen. There's reactions and attitudes that aren't in the book that really change the nature of the story. So, Interesting. so I also had some time to kill and watched that Benghazi movie. Now I wish. I watched that Benghazi movie, you know, that one with Jim from The Office. 13 hours? Like, yeah. <laughs> I wish you'd do that to yourself. Why? Um, it's a real, real weird movie. <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't know what that movie was. I was I was by myself, and I didn't. I was in a bed and breakfast without a TV. So I just, like, watched whatever was streaming. And for some reason, I was having trouble streaming Netflix, so I was kind of stuck streaming from Hulu. Okay. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to watch this Benghazi movie. Really? That's, that's when you just see what's on, like, the local news and 
enjoyed that part. That that uh, I didn't well, have the TV. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I'm. Just I had to, I had to watch the Benghazi movie. You had no choice. <laughs> it's all that was on the internet. Um, I don't know. For for a second, I thought it was like Assault on Precinct 13, and then it stopped being like that, and I lost oh. interest. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um. Uh. As you probably know, um, William Peter Blatty passed. Yes, he did. R.I.P. Um, Director of of two fantastic movies and a writer of many other, you know, uh, a very influential man on the horror genre, if you will. But let us not forget, you directed Exorcist 3, which is a highly underrated film. Did you watch that? No, I watched Ninth Configuration. Oh, beautiful. You'd seen it before, right? Yeah, I love it. There's like an actual good release of it, right? Because I have it on just like a four disc. Uh, I don't know set. that there is on in a, in the states yet. Exorcist uh, three just got the deluxe treatment. I have it, but I haven't cracked that open yet. I think the ninth configuration it either got or is going to get soon a Blu-ray, but I don't know that it has anything on it. I could be wrong. If anybody wants to correct me, please put the link on our page because I would love to buy it. Yeah, I would definitely too. I have it on like a a crappy four pack. Well, it's not crappy because um it also has dead calm on it. That's so sweet. it's actually the best four pack of movies I'll I've ever say, purchased. Yeah. Um, I watched a, a really boring, stupid movie on Netflix that you shouldn't watch called The Watcher. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag watch. Um, <laughs> Good man, I don't even remember what this movie was about. Don't watch it. <laughs> I didn't but the like movie it. Is telling me to. It's called The Watcher. I feel like it's I know it's, directly it's to me. Supposed to be about you know Denise Crosby is in it. That's what really I sold like me on her, it. Even though she usually has terrible hair. And it was really it was really dumb. I didn't like it. Okay. Um, you know what movie was dumb but I liked was Death Race twenty fifty. I I've heard people talking of that. I didn't realize they made a new one. Is it connected yeah. to the Jason Statham one at all, or is it just purely another? take on death race i think it's just another take um yeah. i've never seen the jason statham one it's not very good yeah i i like death race-esque mm-hmm. things um this is really over the top and stupid and satirical Ooh, and amazing like loud and fast and and dumb is um, it super fast like the movie super fast that wonderful wonderful movie that made me pull my back i'm I'm narrowing my eyes at you. You can't, can't believe see you didn't it like super fast. For those who don't remember, Super Fast is the parody of the Fast and the Furious movies. I think it's on I Netflix Insta. Like- it was two years ago when I watched it at the gym and was laughing so hard that I actually pulled my back on the elliptical. And then I tried to watch it and realized it was garbage. And, and that you're Christine not- learned. That's when we learned that Christine has no sense of comedy. <laughs> well, that's true. I think everyone already knew that. <laughs> um, I think you might find it interesting okay i it seems based on what you're saying that sounds totally up my alley it knows what it's doing it's not taking itself seriously okay. or anything. i mean and that's the problem with the jason statham one is it's trying to be like a regular action movie no this is not that good good that that pleases me um i watched another movie that you might have seen uh-huh. i don't know it's called resort but the z- the s is a z and it's about zombies no. It's like if Jurassic Park were zombies. Ooh, okay. I'm I'm into that. Was it any fun? You know what? I didn't hate it. Okay. That says a lot. So <laughs> I don't know. We randomly watched it on a Saturday afternoon. I was like, well, oh, honestly, right. 
face it, any any horror movie that does the thing where they use the Z in the movie yes. to represent zombies by making an S a Z, usually um, to say I didn't hate it is like the biggest compliment you can give to a movie that does that. For for a minute, I'll tell you, for a minute I was like, oh, I'm going to really like this. I'm surprised. I think I'm going to like it. It it lost me a little bit, but I definitely didn't hate it. It, it had um, a bit more budget than I think I expected. So like, cert- like the zombies didn't look bad. It was just interesting, and then it made me realize that everything should just be versions of movies, but with zombies. So, like, Jurassic Park with zombies, like, the Pelican Brief with zombies. I've I've got no problem with that. That's kind of what I always wanted when I was younger, and then movies started doing that, and they weren't that good. But if this one worked, then hey. It's so disappointing. Um, so <laughs> for whatever reason, we were like, let's watch Maximum Overdrive. What so then whatever we reason, it was a day you know, I've I stopped ne- myself from watching that movie every day of my life. I never had a like. You know how people are like, "It's so bad, it's good," or whatever with that movie. I never really had that reaction to it. And then rewatching it now, <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad movie. It's not near. I, you know, I remember I saw Yardley Smith's one Smith's one woman <laughs> show years ago. She's so funny. It was awful. <laughs> And one of her lines in her show was like, and then I starred in the worst Stephen King adaptation of all time. And I was like, bitch, please. It's not. Yeah, it's I not can, even the worst name, Stephen like, King adaptation, much less, like, on any list of worst movies. Now, I could name, if you give me till the end of the show, and I could probably name 20 Stephen yep. King adaptations yep. that are worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's um, start with the McGarris stuff. Oh, God, let's please don't. (laughs) I I mean, Maximum Overdrive is one of my ultimate, I'm not calling it a guilty pleasure. It is one of my pleasures in life. I can put that movie on anytime I want and be happy. I was surprised that it was, it was, I think it was better than I remembered. Um, and then last night we went to the Alamo Draft House Ooh. to see Fire Walk with Me on the big screen. Uh-huh. And that was nice. Very good. Cool. Was there any like special thing or it was just a screening of it? It was to celebrate the release of the soundtrack on vinyl. Okay, cool. Um, which is cool because I have the TV soundtrack and I was uh-huh. excited that they were going to release the movie one. Neat. Very neat. So yeah. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Um, my, my viewing has been pretty scant. Uh, the TV end, I have gone back to Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of season three on that. Um, and I'm, here's what I'm fascinated by with the show. I think this is a case of a show where the acting and the style is so good. Mm-hmm. But the, it's not necessarily the writing. It is the storytelling is so shitty. And season two, I know is kind of infamous for having issues where the network was like, Hey, we need more sex. We need more violence. So Mm -hmm. like has a really, it's a couple of really stupid plot lines. And then it got like, it had to just stop because of the writer's strike. So it just ends in the middle of the season. But even season three, which I'm in now I'm watching it. I'm like, you know, I love these actors. I love these characters. These actors are all great and they have all, lent their character something where I want to see their stories. But Mm -hmm. every single plot line, as soon as a character comes and has like, you know, says one thing, I'm like, oh, I know exactly where this is going and it's stupid. And that just keeps happening. And it's driving me crazy 
because it's such it's like this really beautifully natural natural character work and then the most trite storytelling you can you can get and it's frustrating me but i don't know we'll see i know people rap hard for it really like it And because the, I can see why, like, and I get it. All those years of being annoyed when, like, Kyle Chandler won the Emmy over John Hamm. No, yeah. Kyle Chandler is amazing on that show. Connie Britton's amazing on that show. I love Connie Britton. They're so good. Uh, all the cast is. The young cast is great. I, I love the characters. I just wish they had better stories that they were working with. But yeah. I'm complaining about something that has been off the air for several years now. So. No, it's interesting to hear that. that- yeah take on it because I've never heard anybody say anything um, that's not mm-hmm. really positive, you know? It, I mean, it's, it's for me, it's a show that's working in spite of itself almost mm-hmm. because the character work is so good and these characters are so real and that that's how they film it, the way they kind of take this sort of almost documentary approach where it's like handheld cameras and you always feel like you're like listening in on conversations you shouldn't get to hear kind of thing. Yeah. But it's just every time a character is, is introduced, you're like, okay, well, this, this, this is going to happen and it's going to complement that dynamic and that happened. Mm-hmm. And it's just frustrating because it's so expected. And I, you know, I want more from it. And I'm, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm, mid, I'm about halfway through the show in total. I'm midway through season three and I think it goes for five seasons. So I will report back. Yeah, um... It goes for five seasons. I think five. I think the seasons are fairly short. I yeah, think after... I really thought it was long. It went on for longer. No, too. I think it was just because it was on and spread out. I think it was like <laughs> a year between a season or two. I think it was. It moved networks at one point. Um, so I think I feel like it was a longer spread of a show. And they also do that high school show thing that's that they that's bothering me because for a show that's so kind of real it kind of grounds itself in reality but yet in season one it was very clear that these characters were seniors in high school mm-hmm. and now we're in season three and half of them are still seniors in high school yeah and it's like that i can take except for the fact that they've had younger characters who they have aged so now this character is supposed to also be a senior and that's where it's like yeah but that completely means that dynamic between matt saracen and tim riggins makes no sense whatsoever if they've always been the same age all this time. Uh, so I'm, I am nitpicking, um, and I, I look forward to finishing it and then being able to talk, especially with people that I know are, I know Erica's yeah. a big fan of it, um, and to really kind of see by the end of it where I sit on all of it. But it's admirable. It's a really admirable show because there are some things it does that no show does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just frustrating me that everything can't be at the same level, you know? Yeah, I get that. All right. And then movies, I don't have many, um, in part because, you know, figure skating national champions are, are back on. I mean, so obviously. A lot of time. Uh, but I finally got around to that movie that people were talking about called Deadpool. Oh, did you like it? I really did. I did, um, too. I, I mean, I, when it, I remember when it was coming out in trailers, and I thought the trailers looked stupid and, like, offensive, like, just... It, yeah. it just looked, I'm like, I, that, that's not funny. That's not making me laugh. I don't want to sit through a movie like that for two hours. And then pretty much everybody I know really loved it and people whose opinions on comedy I really respect. And I know you were a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was on HBO Go. So one day I'm like, all right, let me, I had it on while I was undecorating for Christmas, which is always a very sad day. 
Like, there's no way to do that happily, I think. So. Yeah. But I'm Deadpool. And it's, it's good. It's really good. Damn uh, right. Yeah, everybody's great in it. Ryan Reynolds is great. I, I do really love the way they, you know, came at it from this very sex-positive standpoint. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just fun, and it doesn't take itself seriously. And, yeah, I had a very good time with it. Um... um I can't. I'm glad. I'm glad you watched it. Yes, yes. Because I just held off for so long, and then it was in front of me. I'm like, okay, it's on HBO Go. I don't have to do any effort. All I have to do is press play. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned the Dark Crystal last time. I don't think so. Okay, because we we were on our (laughs) we were on a kick of um, rewatching movies, children's movies from the '80s that were apparently designed to give kids nightmares. Because mm-hmm. we had done Black Cauldron and Return to Oz, and then we ended with Dark Crystal, all of which came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you were were you a big fan of this as a kid, or oh yeah, big time. Okay, yeah, me too. And it like yeah, we always um, the, I use the term skexy so often in life that I forget some people don't know what I'm referring to when I say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was interesting to watch after a few years because. It's hard to just watch it and not think, what the fuck were they thinking when they yeah, made this for kids? It's pretty heavy. It's upsetting. Yeah. It's, I, I don't think I understood all of it when I was younger. Right. Which is kind of okay. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, they talked, we watched a little of some of the extras on the DVD. And, you know, they talked a little bit about how this was, you know, the Henson Company kind of going back to the Brothers Grimm and saying... Okay, children's stories that don't have to, you know, kids like darkness in their storytelling. That's why fairy tales are were popular mm-hmm. for hundreds of years. But man, there's some fucking dark shit in this movie that I'd forgotten about. Yeah. Like the, oh, here are the little pod people. Cute the, the, little pod, the podling stuff is tough. Who are turned into slaves and they are they are strapped down to a torture device, and their essence is sucked out of them. Yeah. And then the evil overlords drink their essence. Yep. It's fucking horrifying. Uh, I mean, doesn't mean I don't love it still. Like, I mean, this was so my wheelhouse as a kid, um, and I still enjoyed watching it. But it really was one of those like, whoa, man, whoa. Um, along the lines of things I really enjoyed as a kid. Uh, so as you know, Lifetime made movies of the Flowers in the Attic series a few years ago. Uh, and, <laughs> and for whatever reason, they released Flowers in the Attic with all this fanfare. Then they followed it because that was a huge hit for them. So they followed it up with Petals in the Wind and like you saw mm-hmm. billboards for it, all these ads. And then they like quietly dropped the last two, like on like a Thursday night when nobody knew they were on. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to wait, like, two years for this to come on Netflix for me to get the disc to watch. So I watched If There Be Thorns, which is the third book of the Dollinger series. Uh, and as a kid, like, this was my favorite because it's narrated by two two kids. And it's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so if you look at the way Lifetime has done it, Flowers in the Attic was actually a decent adaptation. And you had Ellen Burstyn in there, so you had, like this Oscar-worthy performance in this Lifetime movie. Petals on the Wind was just batshit insane. And If There Be Thorns is kind of in between them, I think, where it's um, it's pretty well told. It looks good. Uh, it's pretty fucking weird, but it's very faithful to the book, which is pretty fucking weird. Um, the shame of this movie really is that um, 
there's something really sad in this world, and that is that Heather Graham was ever told that she could act. Aww, I she like Heather so, Graham. She is not playing Roller Girl or a variation of Roller Girl. She is the worst thing ever to be put on camera. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's cute. I get it. She's hot. Um, when she is playing, like, a girl who just wants to have fun, she's great. When she's playing anything else, it is like watching the pretty girl in high school who got the lead in the school play and she doesn't actually know how to read. Uh, and this is her third go around with this character and she's still so, sounds so California and stiff and it is such bad casting. Uh, but the rest of the movie is, you know, about a brother and sister who are now married. Um, and <laughs> there's a great moment where like, they realize like their one son is, uh, you know, like, you know, out with his girlfriend. And they're like, oh, well, that's, you know, you know, remember when we were that age, it's like, wait, when you were that age and you were having sex in the attic because you were locked up and you were brother and sister. So it's, um, uh, it's trashy. It's fun. Jeez. It. Yeah. It's, it's Emily. It's, it's totally. Uh, and then I have two more. Okay. One was, I don't know, like what, I think Brandon just had a movie on his Netflix queue forever because of the cast. So we watched something called The O in Ohio. Okay. It's a sort of indie comedy with Parker Posey, which, I mean, I, Brandon's like, do you want to watch this? I look at the disc. I'm like, oh, Parker Posey, Danny DeVito, Paul Rudd, Heather Graham, actually. This is oh, the best Heather Graham performance I watched this week. Um, and, uh, oh, oh, Keith David. Oh, good. Like, Always fun. Incredible cast. Shitty movie. Um, it is a, like, very indie kind of, like, sex comedy from, I think, like, 2005 or so, 2001, somewhere around there. And it is about a married couple, which, first of all, first off, uh, is Paul Rudd and Parker Posey are the couple. And mm -hmm. the, the main sort of instigating thing is that Parker Posey has, can't have orgasms. She has never had an orgasm in her life. And... Uh, Paul Rudd is her husband, and he is a, like, schlubby science teacher. And can you imagine how hard it is to make Paul Rudd unlikable on camera? Like, have you ever seen a Paul Rudd performance and not liked him? I don't really like him. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't like him in Ant-Man. I, I still haven't seen Ant-Man. Oh, well, um, what else? I didn't like him in that Halloween movie. That's a lie. I well, liked that, him in that I Halloween mean, nobody movie. likes anything in that Halloween movie. I'm such a liar. <laughs> But, like, Paul Rudd's a really likable guy. Yeah. And, like, I wanted him off screen the entire run of this movie. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, I mean, it's very kind of forced quirky to an extent, for one thing. Uh, Parker Posey's great, but she's just given such shit to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, Danny DeVito, there's, there's like a relationship in the movie with Parker Posey and Danny DeVito, and I wanted that movie. I wanted a full length movie of these two. Because they were adorable together. And they were, as actors, they were great. Like, this is a movie that, you know, would have been unwatchable with the wrong cast. But the cast was doing what they could to make things work. Um, but yeah, I kind of hated it. I'm curious if anybody else has seen it. I've um, never even heard of it. Yeah, I hadn't either. And as I look at that cast, I'm like, why haven't I heard of this? And I watch the movie, I'm like, yeah, that's probably why I haven't heard of this. And then the last thing I watched, and I'm devastated because I thought you were going to watch it too. Sorry. So, uh, I definitely, it's definitely on the queue now. Okay. We will, we'll get to it as we talk about Sino Evil, but I watched the, the 10 years later sequel, or eight years later, <laughs> Sino Evil 
two. Um, which again, which the, the is reason, it a direct sequel? Oh, it is a direct sequel. Okay, just and here's what's great later. about it. So the first one took place in two thousand and six mm-hmm. or two thousand eight, um, and this one takes up that same night. Like it's that later that night. No, fuck you. Yes, except there is no explanation for why now everybody has iPhones. <laughs> Like why had, did they what was why what was the decision i mean what's interesting about it is that the reason i watched it was not because it was seen see no evil 2 because as we will talk about the movie shortly but um i didn't need to see a sequel to see no evil i'll leave it at that but yes. this was directed by um the saska sisters who did yep. american mary which i loved and this had danielle harris and Catherine isabel in it and i love yes. both of them and this is a movie that is the perfect example of, you know, sometimes it's hard when you're watching a movie to really know who to give credit for what, right? Like you're watching and you can't tell, you're like, man, that was good. Like it was a good script and then, you know, or, or the director like had a great touch with his actors or something. And this yeah. was a case where I could really see I'm like, on paper, this was nothing. This was, but the reason the sequel worked and I really enjoyed the sequel. I didn't love it. It wasn't by any means anything great. And that was because all it was was a sequel to See No Evil. But yeah. when you when you have Catherine Isabel playing drunk, she is fantastic. She is such a funny actress. Um, she is uh, like she, I love Catherine Isabel, and I do too. I, I think she's she has this really this thing that I find great that like is very special, which is she is a cool girl on screen. Mm-hmm. Where when she is on screen, I think she is so charismatic, and whether it is something that she puts on or not, every movie I ever watch with her, I'm like, I wish she was my friend, but I would never be cool enough to be her friend. And well, that's one, not true. Oh, but no, also, I, I agree with like, you. I don't know. Maybe she'd like keep me around, like to help her with her English homework. I don't know. But I just feel like when I watch a movie with her, I'm like, I I want to be her. Like. On Project Runway, for example, last this season, there was one designer named Laurence who was this French designer. And she, like, she designed clothes that were beautiful and chic. And they were clothes that I would never wear. But it was like, I want to be the person that can wear those. I am not, like, I don't want to, like, I can't wear those clothes. Those clothes are not me. But I want to aspire to be that cool girl that could that could pull those clothes off. And that's kind of how I feel about Catherine Isabel. It's like, I, I, want to, to, I want her to want me in her circle. So she's great. Oh my gosh. Uh, Daniel Harris is adorable and always just super likable and great. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I mean, the oh, 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 and you know who's in it? The, somebody that I think would be like a really good like third to you and me. Like we totally have like fun girl time. Um, okay. What's your name? The Blonde. Who was in Christmas Bounty and um, Final Destination Three? Oh, I'm digging for Christmas it. Christmas Bounty was the movie with the Miz. The other, yeah, who was she in Final Destination Three? She was one of the tanning girls. Oh, okay, yeah, I know exactly who you mean. You know who I, mean, no. right? <laughs> I, I couldn't remember what the third one was yeah, for a second. She, is, she plays the dumb blonde in everything we've seen her in so far. But yeah. she's really good at it because she's genuinely likable on screen. Uh, so you had, like, a really, like, likable, good cast, and then you killed them in different ways. So, mm-hmm. but again, it was a case where I'm like, this is working because the cast 
is gelling because, you know, unlike um, See No Evil, uh, these filmmakers know how to make a man who's seven foot tall look scary and big. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm getting ahead of myself. So with that said, we have two movies to cover. I think we have more to say about Russell Madness, but maybe I'm wrong. Do you want to uh, start with See No Evil? Yes, let's start with See No Evil. Okay. I mean, we're already halfway there. That's very true. And we should say both of these movies do enjoy a dog, do enjoy, do include <laughs> uh, a dog peeing in somebody's eye. So we're going to do this. Yeah. I said it as a joke, but it was totally true. Oh, like, man, you're right. Like both of these right. have a dog that pees in somebody's eye socket. Um, so we're going to deal with the one where there's also murder first. <laughs> Russell Madness. (laughs) What difference? Times are harder, cash is tight, you've got the right, I've heard it all before. Just this once is once too much, cause once they've once, don't want to once, once more. I run the only toilet in this part of town, you see. So if you gotta go, you got to go through me. It's a privilege to be. Water's worth its weight in gold these days. No more bathrooms like in olden days. You come here and pay a fee for the privilege to pee. Twenty years we've had the drought, and our reservoirs have all dried up. I take my baths now in a coffee cup. I boil what's left of it for tea. And it's a privilege to be the pilot. So in the year 2006, so uh, uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, uh, so the WWE decided that it would make sense for them to start producing movies. Um, and this was one of their first, if not their first of the new studios. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they have since gone on to moderate success. Uh, I don't know that they've actually made money off of them. I'm sure they have at this point, but they've, you know, uh, most of them now go straight to video. Um, They have what, like eight different Marine movies, I think. And this and uh, the condemned, they just made a sequel to the condemned and so on. So they've, they're slowly but surely they are finding their footing. We in mm-hmm. the past we have reviewed such WWE produced titles as Christmas Bounty. Yep. And uh I Oculus was in part picked up by them. It was by no means made by mm-hmm. them. But Oculus they did somehow get their hand in there to help distribute or produce it or something. So credit there because we both appreciate that movie. Yes. Uh, See No Evil, I had seen before, mm-hmm. um, mostly back in my early days of being wooed or wooing my husband, if you will. Um, you know, something we bonded over very early was horror movies. And, you know, the question had come up of, have I seen See No Evil? And I had not, but he had because he was, he's a big wrestling fan and kind of said, you shouldn't watch it because it's not good, but I don't know, maybe you should, you should write about it. So I eventually did. And, um... I know where I fall on it. Christine, you have not seen it before. Um, I have, but I didn't Ah. really remember it. Shocking. Um, No, not really, because (laughs) it's not very memorable. What? I know, right? Um, 
What made you want to revisit it? I think we picked Russell Madness, and then it was the first movie that popped into my head. That is reasonable. Yeah, very reasonable. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> now, um, I would like you to please tell the people yes. about the plot of See No Evil, which went through a few alternate titles, um, all of which are terrible and are somehow worse than See No Evil. Oh, boy. Um, See, no, See No Evil is super-duper forgettable. It's forgettable, and it's it's pretty stupid because it's not like... It feels like a title that was decided at some point, and then in the movie they're like, oh, do we ever do anything with that? No, let's have him pluck out some people's eyes. Is he going to pluck out everybody's eyes? No, just make sure we just do it. Just some people's. Want. God. Just like here or there, something. Oh, and have him keep eyeballs in a jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's um, good. God, where are the titles? I know one of them is going to be, this was my favorite, um, was the title... Is it coming up? I'm trying to do the trivia on IMDb to find, like, oh, no, they're not, eh, it's not coming up there. Um, the one I remember hearing was the Ice Cream Man. Oh, Get it, Christine? Because no. his eyes scream. No. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the movie about? <laughs> For some reason, a group of kids who are, are they like in juvenile detention? Yeah, I don't, it's I unclear. Guess. Like the movie opens with like mug shots of them. As oh if my God, all, like, where they look at the camera. Like, and as if they've all done like Lars, grand larceny and fraud and theft and like where I think they're supposed to be like badass kids, except... Um, would you let badass kids, like, no, wear, you know, uh, bracelets that they could cut you with? No. Yeah. That, it's so obnoxious because they, they look at the camera and they like, they're like sentence, sentence, sentence. And then they look and they make a face and it freezes. It's the <laughs> stupidest shit I've ever seen. It made me so mad. But anyways, they are like brought via bus to this old hotel and they're gonna get like time off their sentence if they like clean it up but that doesn't make much sense because it needs to be gutted clearly right it's like okay you're gonna learn a lesson by flipping a house um here's a hammer like child who you know a 17 year old who um beat a kid to death and in, in you know and that's why he's here it's like how does you know, this make sense you make a lot of good points. I was really just thinking, if you're going to, like, renovate a hotel, you need to pull out the tile and the fixtures in the bathroom. You don't just mop them. Right. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Oh, actually, it opens with, like, a flashback and a cop gets his hand cut off. And I forgot about that because it's so stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> it opens with a flashback, like, we're sure, and then a lady with no eyes, and then we go to, like, modern day with all these bad kids, quote-unquote. Um, it, it ramps up pretty quick because you're in this hotel and people get start getting killed and getting their eyes snatched out pretty fucking fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... Kane just goes through and takes everybody's eyes, kinda, and like then likes this lady. And also, he like masturbates at one point, and then like it, there's like a needless twist that's not really a twist because when it happened, I went, "Well, yeah, obviously." <laughs> oh right, I'm like I didn't remember what the twist is. Oh yeah, because it's kind of obvious. 
you're like, well, yeah, of course. Um, it's a weird movie. Yeah, it's it, what's fascinating is that you can see why on paper this was a good idea. All right. I like the setting. Theoretically. It, theoretically, right? Okay, we're setting this in an abandoned hotel. So it yes. gives you that geography, right? You have yes. this pretty big building and like here's, you know, there's an atrium in the middle and so it's like the floors go up. There's all these secret passages. It's been abandoned for a long time. On paper, that's a perfect place to set your movie. Yes. Um, in reality, when it feels as though they showed up on set and were like, oh, you guys are filming tomorrow. Oh, so is anybody going to, like, make us a set or, like, do any art direction? Um, yeah, if you want to. Sure, you got, like, two hours before, um, you know, the union goes home. Oh, okay. Um, can you run down to the craft store and, like, get mason jars or something? Yeah. Like, you look at it closely and it's just shit. Uh, and this is 2006. So this is, ba this is right in the middle of you're making a low budget horror movie, eh? Um, so, you know, what are you taking from your inspiration? Well, did you see this um, movie? It's gotten really popular. They've made a few of them. I believe it's called Saw. Oh God. The color yeah. palette of this movie is just basically brown. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like my opening notes on this is like opening shots on bugs because darkness and like edit, edit, edit. It does do a lot of like shaky cam, like Marilyn Manson video style yeah. stuff, which and seems it seems a little late to be doing that. A tad. And I was saying this to Brannon because we were talking a little bit about it because um, we were like trying to figure out. You're like, you know, this again, it makes sense on paper. You have Kane. You have this seven foot tall, intimidating guy who knows how to be tough without talking. Right? Mm -hmm. You can put him in a movie. It makes perfect sense. Okay, his character is just going to be sort of like a Michael Myers-y, just going to, you know, run around and maim people. Um, this should work. Like, it's not that hard to make this work. Yeah. And yet, so much of it doesn't. Um, so much of it doesn't. And, like, I mean, you can, and right from the beginning, you're like, wait, so why are these kids here? Why does this make sense? Yeah, it doesn't. And, and they're not supervised. And they're, they have, somebody stole a phone, but then, like, this other kid's just carrying around a pipe. So, like, who's watching you? Yeah. Like, how did these kids get weapons? Like, how were they not searched before coming here? Yeah. Um, and, like, this, clearly they, they knew from the start they were going to make this an R-rated movie. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, there's no, I mean, the violence in this is so Saw-esque, where they knew you weren't making this and getting a PG-13. So... And like, and they're they're casting hot young people in the movie. Yeah. So where's the sex? Like, if you're doing this, because it almost feels like this is the WWE kind of doing like, okay, we're gonna make the movie for you know what we can't put on TV. Yeah. Right? This is the stuff that like, okay, fourteen year old boy, you know, when you go to the movie theater, this is what you're gonna pay to see because you don't get to see it Monday nights. Um. So. Where are the boobs? <laughs> right? Yeah, there's a little bit of making out. There's making out, and there's a lot of talk about sex. Yeah, like that's there's true. like I mean, there's condom talk, and it's like the weirdest mixed messages because the there's two supervisors, quote unquote, the cop with yeah. one arm and this older woman. And the first thing she's like, so I found that, that doesn't even really pay off. It by the way, at all, and it's the stupidest thing. It's like, okay, well, we need to pad out the cast a bit. 
So we're going to have this character and we're going to have her like have one moment of characterization. And then of course, spoiler alert, we're going to kill her right after. Yeah. And it's so stupid. It's her wearing an engagement ring and wearing it on her right hand because she hasn't committed. And then, then she makes the moment. She's like, Oh, what am I waiting for? And of course you're like, you're waiting to die. Cause you're going to die now. You just died. That's not cool. That's not surprising. <laughs> but like her first thing is she says to the kids, I found that somebody has had, uh, stole condoms and has condoms in their bag. Hand them over. I don't know what you think you're going to do. And it's such a mixed message because you're like, well, yeah, like they shouldn't be, you know, uh, having sex with other juvenile delinquents because they really shouldn't be mixed, quite frankly. Yeah. But don't, if they're going to, don't you want them to have condoms? Like, yeah, they should, they should be left completely unsupervised, but you're doing that. Right. And, and I'm sorry, how in the world do you make this program where you're taking violent juvenile delinquents and putting them together in this place? And how, how is it possible that you end up putting a drug dealer and the girl that I know uh, testified against him in the same group? Come on. I can, I, I can, you know, I can swallow a lot when I'm watching a movie and say, oh, I don't have to think about that. I don't have to think about that. But come on. I know. It was stupid. It's so stupid. <sighs> so let's talk about the kids. Yes. Um, and that's another thing this movie does so poorly. It's like, okay, so you're, you're, you know, obviously like any horror movie that's going to be about a young bunch of young people dying, like you want to give them all something. So like, I kind of recognize, oh, that's the, you know, tech kid. That's the yeah. rich blonde. That's the black kid. That's the internet kid. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the animal rights activist. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it feels again, like an afterthought where at a certain point, they were like, oh, I got it. Let's give all the kids deaths that have to do with their sins, right? So the, you know, the kid that, like, is obsessed with finding the safe, we're going to kill him with the safe because he's greedy. Honestly, I didn't even pick up on oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, I, I think it's there. And I get the feeling that, like, the writers were like, no, 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 this is clever. This is deep. We're, we're sending a message. But it's just not that good. Um. Some of the uh, the kid the kids so some of the cast is a little went on to things. Mm-hmm. Um, the you still haven't watched Jessica Jones, have you? Correct. Oh, you should. It's so good. The blonde in this, Rachel Taylor, is on Jessica Jones, and that's also how I realized this movie was filmed in Australia for some reason. Oh, weird. Why yeah. they don't do anything? I don't. Know. Strange. But like, I I knew with her, I knew she was Australian. And then I was looking up another actor. I happened to notice, oh, she's also, wait a minute. And I look and it's like filmed in Australia. Australia, yeah. There's a cute bit of IMDb trivia where Kane talks about um, that apparently he loved filming this because it was the first time in several years that he got to sleep in the same bed for more than like a week. Oh, jeez. Which is, you know. Um, This stars uh, one of like my weird bad movie soulmates. Uh-huh. So the black kid, Michael J. Pagan. Yes. There was like a period where where every movie I watched, he was in. He definitely looked familiar. I don't think I bothered to look anybody up on IMDb. He was but in, he did he looked familiar for he sure. He was in like a, like two other shitty horror movies I watched. But like all in the course of like one month, I was like, this guy keeps showing up. But the best did you ever say Chain Letter? Yes. He's in Chain Letter. Weird. I don't. Black guy in Chain Letter. I didn't retain any of that movie. Oh God, I love Chain Letter. It's amazing. Chain Letter. We're gonna go off topic for a moment. Is has nothing to do with the um, um, Christopher Pike books, by the way. 
But Chain Letter is a horror movie from around the same period of time. Um, <laughs> and the whole concept is that a guy just keeps killing people with chains. But, like, of every... he Like, it's really creative how he's able to use chains to kill people. You can make a drinking game of how many chains show up in that movie. Um, and Brad Dorif is in it. It's Yes, incredible. yes, 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 he is, yeah. huh? And it has a great ending. And, spoiler alert, the black guy lives. In Chain Letter. It's great. You should, we should we should have watched Chain Letter. Well, I don't remember liking it, so that's you were yeah, but you also didn't like super fast, so that's true. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, razors. That's another thing. Because the one girl, the animal activist girl, shaves her legs for her big date with the other juvenile delinquent. How the fuck did she get a razor in there? Yes, I said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. What is he? Who? I mean, I know they die pretty quick, but who are watching these kids? Exactly. So perhaps part of it is that this is directed by Gregory Dark, who mm-hmm. um, uh, has a very long history in in Hollywood and in filmmaking, primarily known for making porn. Uh, he did, I believe, was it The Devil in Mr. Jones or several sequels to that? Oh, that might have been why his name looked familiar, too. I really didn't bother to look into this movie because I was so completely done with it by the first, like, ten minutes. That's fair. Oh, he directed some Oz, too. I didn't know that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he, um, so Gregory Dark's filmography begins with, um, Let Me Tell You About White Chicks, which sounds delightful. Mm-hmm. New Wave Hookers, White Bun Busters, Let Me Tell You About Black Chicks, Black Throat, <laughs> Between the Cheeks, The Devil in Miss Jones 3 and 4, uh, Deep Inside Vanessa Del Rio, Night of the Living Babes, um, let's see, Between the Cheeks 2, Carnal Crimes, New Wave Hookers 2, Animal Instincts, uh, Body of Influence, um, Between the Cheeks 3, that was apparently a big series. Hootermania. Um, just trying to see at what point, like, where, I think this might have been his first, like, full-length non-porn. Mm-hmm. I guess he'd done a couple of, like, music stuff. He did a Britney Spears thing. Um, and then, yeah, it seems like he was kind of moving, I guess, into, away from porn into, um... This, and then after this, I don't know what else he's done. But so, a man who knows how to make, knows how to film, but just, it feels like this movie is made by somebody who does not actually understand what a horror movie is supposed to be. Yeah, and that could be why it's not effective. Yeah. And it's written, the writer, I think, was a guy who wrote for SmackDown and other Mm -hmm. WWE properties, not a screenwriter. And it feels very much like they looked at what, was popular at the time, which was Saw, and kind of said, okay, well, you know, what are we going to do with that? Well, we have, who do we want to put in this? Okay, Kane makes sense to use. Um, yeah, this, yeah, we, we can tell this story pretty easily. And they did, for for whatever, you know. It's, it's not the worst. I mean, I've seen so much worse horror movies than this. Yeah, and I guess maybe you just hit on it, though. It's not even a horror movie. There's one sequence that I thought was actually kind of well done. 
Are you talking about the fire hose out the window? Yeah, I, I yeah. like that sequence. It's the only good one, that's why. Yeah, because it is something different. Like, there's so much of Ugh. this is just all of a sudden there's giant cane and he kills somebody. This The dog thing was fucking stupid, though. <laughs> the dog thing's stupid. But you have but, this like, prolonged sequence where it's this girl's trying to get out, climb out a window, and she's using a fire hose. And there's another character who's like holding it for her and kind of reeling her down. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she's getting pulled up and there's Kane. And it's like, that's done well. Cause it's her trying to get like, trying to, you know, kick, kick away from him and him. She's just out of reach. There's actually like a few moments of it being somewhat, um, suspenseful. Yeah. It's tense. Mm-hmm. And like, and she, she ends up kind of plummeting and that's, I thought that was interestingly done. Yeah, I agree. But, but, yeah, I don't know. But it's, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have the right payoff. (laughs) And it it just never, it never feels scary or you're never worried about anybody. Well, and it's weird because it's weird about its survivors. It does one other thing that I think is pretty smart, which is... um, Not a huge spoiler, but it kills off a character who you assume is going to be there throughout. Right, the character that you start with, who you think, oh, this is basically the hero of the movie, or he's gonna be the guy that helps till the end, dies mm-hmm. very early in a rather surprised way, and that's a good move for this movie. It's something that I think saves it from being kind of completely forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at a certain point, you know, you whittle your characters down, and the ones that you have left, there's one that they try to make into a character where they give her a backstory, they tell you she's sympathetic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And then then there's, like, two other, but, I mean, kind of my, mild spoiler, you have three survivors in this movie. You don't mm. need three survivors in this movie. Well, there there you go. There's the that inherent lack of kind of understanding about what makes one of these movies one of these movies. I think it's always interesting when the mold is broken and, and you something different is done, mm-hmm. but sometimes it then becomes like kind of just like like a, like a gory movie, like a saw movie, but right. without the, those payoffs either, because it it isn't particularly violent. It's yeah, I mean, not in comparison to other R-rated movies of this time. Yeah. Um. It's weird because you just – and, well, let me say this because this is something that I think really does speak much to the movie. Mm-hmm. Kane is seven feet tall. Yes. With the first time I watched this, I didn't know that. I just thought he was a big dude. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Brandon said, well, you know, he's a seven-foot guy. I'm like, well, I mean, like, like seven foot. He's like, no, Kane is seven feet tall. And I'm like, but really? I never realized that watching this because it is so – um incompetently made as a horror movie where it does not understand how to make this man who is naturally intimidating yeah. into an intimidating force. They don't, they don't make him imposing. No. Yeah. And like, they sort of try to give you a sad backstory to him, mm-hmm. but why bother? Because the movie's not really ever asking you to feel bad for him because he's, there's no getting through to him. Like he's, he does terrible things. Yeah. There's never really a moment where you think like, you know, no, 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 there, there is something underneath that. So it's just like, ew, so why am I watching this naked little boy in a cage being punished for masturbating? It's just ugly. And I think that, and granted, that was something of the time. 
because I think that kind of came with, you know, I defend the Saw series a lot, but I rarely defend the Saw imitators because they didn't, they saw the idea of, okay, we just make grisly torture. That's what people want. They want things to be dirty and they want torture. Yeah. And that's not why those movies were successful and worked, but it became the easy thing to capitalize. And that's why so many movies of this time are really unwatchable. And that's what this kind of feels like is those are the things they picked up on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, I guess the, the long and short of it for me is that it, it doesn't work. And I kind of can't forgive it for that because <laughs> it, it, it has so many things going for it. It could have been campy or cheesy or gory or yeah. hyper violent, but it never is really any of the things. That's that's a good way of looking at it. And it's I think like this you could say about a lot of um what goes on at the WWE, where like you, you bring in a wrestler and you're like, Okay, complete package right there. This is mm-hmm. gonna be easy. And yet they fuck it up. Like, it's like when the, you know, the writers or the programmers don't quite get why this character or this performer or this athlete, why they work, whether it's this is their thing or it's because the crowd is behind them or against them and they like fight against it. And that's kind of, this movie has everything on paper. This has everything going for it. Yeah. Like you've got a, a good possibility for a villain. You have a decent setup. You have a very simple story. Like, okay, go have at it. And yet, everything about it's just not good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... And again, like, when I think back to some of the other stuff that... Because, I mean, I watched a lot of horror movies at this time or from this time just because mm-hmm. they're a lot of times the easiest movies to get your hands on when you're just trying to re- watch and review horror movies. And I have seen much worse than this from this time period. Yeah. But it doesn't excuse that this is just not, like, like it was all there, you know? It's like, you were given, I haven't used those, like, Blue Apron services, I don't know if you have, like, the whole, like, here's all the ingredients you here, need to And cook. you just need to put them together. You just need to put them together. The instructions are here. It's going to be really hard to fuck it up. And this movie somehow, like, burns everything. Yeah. <laughs> and undercooks other stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's just not good. It's not, and at the time, like, Kane was one of my favorite wrestlers, too. Okay. And I was really just disappointed, because he's not, he doesn't do anything. He's He's not. used really poorly. Yeah, it's just kind of like what you said about, like, his his naturally imposing nature isn't, isn't even capitalized on. It's, I mean, I, you would think that he's like 6'4". Watching yeah. this movie, if even that. Um, I will, again, I will say I recommend the sequel quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I guess you have to see this one to see the sequel because it does continue that night. I mean, they kind of explain what happens. They're like, oh, yeah, there was this guy that killed a bunch of people and they found more bodies there and here's the body. And mm-hmm. the sequel takes place in a morgue where it's the body is there and there's a party and then he goes around and kills people. And it is not ambitious in its storytelling or in trying to break any mold. Mm-hmm. But it just basically is the movie that this one should have been. It's the, here's a, hot, here's a hot young cast and here's a big scary villain. Let's make a horror movie out of this that, you know, has a little personality. And that's what you get from part two. 
that you don't get from this one. Hmm. All right. Well, I might look at it. I yeah. mean, like I said, I if this movie is just like, hey, enjoy me. And then you're like, damn it, I can't. I wanted you're not to. That good. You just didn't let me. Yeah. Everything's so dirty in this movie. But yet, like, the girls' hair are all great. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, if I was in juvie, like, do they let, do they give you access to, you know, hair straightener and curling irons? I don't think they do. Yeah, I, again, it's the, the really thin plot and not really understanding, like, the, the relationship of these people and what, what it's, this is supposed to be. And mm. that doesn't help anything either. Yeah. It feels very first draft. Like, it feels like, okay, here's the idea for what our characters are going to be. And then they were like, oh, that's great. Film it tomorrow. No, no, no. We need, like, another, like, two weeks to kind of look at it again. No, no, no. We don't have time for that. I'm sure that sounds, that's, that all sounds fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, we trust you. Go get, go get the cast. Uh, but we don't really know what we want. No, no, no Just do it. You're fine. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what you get. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, if you like the setup of this movie, but felt like it would be better served in the woods and with the part of Kane being played by a bear... I know I mentioned this last time, but I'm serious. Yeah. There's a movie called Grizzly Park that is the same exact setup. Does the bear take people's eyes? Um, I'd have to go back and look um, to remember, but I feel like the bear kills people in different ways, including like somehow a woman dies by her own breast implants at one point. Okay, because I only want to see it if the bear yanks people's eyes out. That's reasonable. But that is reasonable. Okay, and I don't want you. to mislead you. Um, Thank you. But I feel like you won't be disappointed if you watch it. Because you'll see, like, it's not, it's no better than this movie. It's much worse, actually. But yet, it would make a good pairing because you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is another way to fuck up this premise. <laughs> That's funny. Boy, so do you have more to say or should we go on and rate it? Uh, let's rate it. <laughs> Quality. I don't know. I was trying to think if I had anything else to say. Uh, I mean, hey, I got all night. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> Apparently all the flies were CGI flies and they were added. Oh my god, I don't even... So the reveal was that the oh, flies were coming out of his head? Oh, I thought you meant the reveal about the old lady. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. Okay. Um, so that, that's the initial thing that I was saying, but like when the fly thing first started happening, I was like, is he a fly? <laughs> I don't remember that being part of it. But the reason the flies were around right before people got killed was because he had flies in his head. Yep. Yeah. That there's makes a moment no where sense. Like, he reveals he has a hole in his head and there's like maggots in there. That makes no sense. No, okay, that's, it really that's doesn't. Nice. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I mean. I'm okay with mixing your supernatural with a without dealing with it. I mean, Halloween yeah. does that, at least the first movie, in a way. Um, but this is stupid. <laughs> There's no way around it. I'm okay yeah. with that if you don't do it dumbly. This one does it dumbly. Yeah. <sighs> so quality of film, Christine, make these. Oh, boy. 4.75. I was about to say four and a half. Yeah. Because it is not... It's, by it's no, below I mean, average. It's not Supergirl, right? It's not Supergirl. No. Uh, but it is below average for even what it's aiming for. It doesn't hit that mark. Yeah. Quality of life. Three. Um, I mean, this is now like the second time I've given time and energy to it. Um, and I almost want to go higher for me on my end because I did really enjoy watching part two. And I wouldn't have had part two without part one. 
So on that end, and I remember when I watched this the first time and wrote about it, I had a lot of fun, like digest, like kind of dissecting it. So for quality of life, I'm going to go 5.75. Wow, that was some, that was deep. Yeah, well, I didn't want to just give a number and walk away from it because I really did need to justify that number. <laughs> but so that was See No Evil. It um it is not readily available, but you can pay for it on Amazon. <laughs> Yes. Uh, that's how I did it. And I did it in the cheap SD version because I'm not paying an extra buck for something that should be free. No kidding. Especially for a movie like this that isn't going to look good no matter what. So, yeah. On that note, um, oh, yeah, and at the end of this movie, a dog pees in Kane's eye socket. So stupid. It's really important to mention that. Uh, and on that note, we're going to take a break and come back and talk about another movie where a dog pees in somebody's ass. really glad that Christine Makepeace is one of my dearest friends in the world. Oh, thank you. I'm glad that you're, you exist. I am lucky to have you in my life because time and time again, you prove that you are a wonderful friend and a wonderful human being. And you did that in this case by making me watch Russell Madness. You know, what's shocking is that you needed to be made to watch it. I know. You would think, and I, I think I've, I've told you, in the, like a couple of years ago, I, I devoted like a, a hearty month yeah. to watching Talking Animal, Animals Doing Human Stuff movies, mm-hmm. and it nearly broke me. Yeah, it got it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough genre. It, it can get very, um, uh, it can drain the life essence out of you, a la Skeksis and the Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had backed away from it for a long time. And that's why even as much as you're like, no, but there's a monkey and he wears a hat, I was a little reluctant. But thank fucking God I sat down and watched Russell Madness. Yep. This is a delight, Christine Mickey's. It is, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. Review over. That's all we got to say about that. Oh, of course it's not. Kidding. I know. Directed by our dear friend, Robert Vince. I wonder if he does interviews. We should try to get an interview with him. <gasps> okay. We'll be like, we promise we won't talk about the movie where a lot of dogs died. We just want to talk about the wrestling. No, that's not what it's about, dude. Come on. <laughs> exactly. We swear. We're not going to bring it up. Um, Russell Madness. Christine, tell the people at home what this movie is about. 
Okay, so it actually has a lot of parallels to um, Santa Buddies? Uh, to Santa Paws. To the search Santa for Santa Paws. Okay, the search for Santa Paws. Including the main plot device and driver. They inherit a place that used to have wrestling matches, a venue mm-hmm. that used to have wrestling matches, and they, they can sell it if they turn a profit after the first year. Which is the which exact is same literally the plot. plot. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is such a fucking this... thing to, strange thing to revisit. And I really like the idea that every movie, like every other movie that this guy directs, like that's what it comes down to every time. Yeah. Uh, and it always will end the same way too. Spoiler alert. Like, if you guys can turn a profit, then you can sell this. Oh, no, wait. We found the joy of being here, and now we don't want to sell. the joy of being a family of wrestling promoters. So they get this wrestling venue, and it used to belong, like, the kid used to live there or be there with his grandfather, and they would wrestle, and it was, like, the heyday of wrestling, and there was a talking monkey, but they didn't know he talked. But anyways, they, they, they come back, and the monkey's there, and then Russell's a in a pet store it's really sad actually the whole russell thing but then russell finds his way to this venue and then lo and behold he can wrestle so the monkey who can talk many different languages one of them being human and one of them being canine brokers a deal between russell and the family that russell's gonna wrestle for them now russell's a dog remember and uh, he's all- not just a dog. He is a Jack Russell Terrier. He is named so Russell. cute, and he just he just wants a family man. But basically, there's like a dipsy doodle, and like they get taken, and you think that the family's going to lose custody of Russell, but an unsung hero from the beginning of the film really helps everybody out. Yes, that is a very important hero. And as soon as he this movie is my started, favorite character. <laughs> he's a great character. I had problems because I'm like, oh man, pet stores are bullshit. Right? Yeah. People out there, don't buy your dog from a pet store. It's coming from a puppy mail. Don't give your money to a pet store. Like, pet stores are bullshit. They're bad places. And the start of this movie is like this litter of Jack Russell carrier puppies. And Russell, which, what are the other ones named? Like, is one named Jack and the other one named, like, Jack 2 and the other one's Russell 2? It's a bad name for a Jack Russell terrier. But anyway, um, Russell has a problem where he just pees on everybody. Uh, so he's not getting adopted. And then the owner's like, well, we'll have to send him to the pound. So then the other employee is like, no, I'll adopt him. And then, um, Russell thinks that he's going to go to the pound. So he runs away. Uh, first thing, first moment that I knew this movie was passing a test was when Russell is hanging out in the alleys and he meets like a tough dog and it's a bulldog. Uh huh. And do you know why I was happy? Because he spoke with a British accent. He spoke with a motherfucking British accent. It was a British yeah, bulldog speaking with a British accent because that's how English bulldogs would talk if you're following the rules of how all these animals would, would be. Um, so that made me really happy. Not going to lie. No, I I understand. I did notice it. Yeah. Maybe not the first time I watched it, but it was more relevant this time okay. because of all of these dogs that talked in the wrong accents. Yes, and once you know that that, that was something that bothered me. Yes. Uh, the I also like so... Um, the family is Italian, right? Yeah. Their last name's Ferraro. And, like, that's kind of a thing. And I, as, hey, as a fellow Italian-American, I appreciate that. Um, I also appreciated right down to where the score was kind of Godfather-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it definitely, they took cues from that. And I appreciate that. 
yeah, they were going for something. It now this is definitely a higher quality, better crafted movie than some of the other animal movies we've been watching. Well, and something else about it, it's not just that like what we said about the search for Santa Paws was clearly a better made movie than the Asylum Santa Claus. Yeah. With this one, it's it's a better movie in that, like, yeah, you have better actors, you have John Ratzenberger in there, you have a few other names, but it's also fun and weird. Yeah. Which I really appreciate. So that this one, it's not just, like, pleasing to, it's not just something that like, you can put on for kids and walk away. Like, I feel like a lot of parents, if they put this on, they would be like, oh, that's kind of funny. Oh, I get what they're doing there. Like, I think this one had me laughing, not just at, at like, stupid stuff, mm-hmm. but because it was, it was smarter. It had a little bit of, you know, panache to it. Yes. And the talking animals weren't creepy. creepy. They weren't. And you know how creeped out I am by CGI mouths. It was really well done. Russell yep. was good most of the time, but honestly, I'm most impressed by the monkey. The monkey's fucking awesome. Uh, the monkey is voiced by Will Sasso. Yes. Uh, he has a bit of a, a banana fetish. So um, cute. That monkey's so funny. He wears a hat. He rides on a scooter. Um, the monkey is every, like, I get excited when monkeys show up in movies. Yeah. I get excited when they do human things and when they wear human clothes. Um, well, of course you do. You're yeah. just, you're, you're a person. Yes. Exactly. I'm a human being. Um, when, like, God, remember how excited I was for, um, War of the Planet of the Apes, or not, or not War, Dawn, whatever the second one was, because in the trailer, it was like, oh my God, the monkeys are riding horses. Oh my God, the monkeys are riding horses and shooting guns. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, what more do I want from a movie? I want them to sing and figure skate, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, ooh, is there a figure skating animal movie? Probably. Oh God, we gotta find one. Uh, point being, this monkey's amazing. Yes. Uh, and like, what I like too is he's not like, tr- like he's a he's a like a grown up, which I like. Like the dog is a kid. The dog is kind yeah, of yeah. Like so many of these animals are either dislikable or whiny kids, right? And in this case, like the dog is a likable kid who just wants a family, but the monkey's this like veteran, like New York talking. Uh, yeah. Like he's like you get the feeling the monkey is in his like fifties or so, and it works. Yeah. Um. The, the, like, wrestling stuff is amazing. It goes, like, they really commit to it. It goes on for a while, yeah. these matches. The, we should talk about, um, the villain of the movie. Because again... John Ratzberger or the Hammer? Oh, uh, well, both, really, because both are fantastic, I think. Uh, we'll start with John Ratzenberger, who plays... I like to, I like it when I can prove that I actually watched the movie. Uh, do you remember his name? Oh, I lost you a little bit. Oh, um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Do you remember uh, John Ratzenberger's character's name? I don't. Mick Vaughn. Not to be confused with anybody else. I don't think I realized that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. I did. It took me to the end of the movie to realize the Wrestling Federation's, what, what letters it was spelling out. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm not that swift. Okay. Because it said woof. Oh, it did say woof. 
because you were saying it was like WUF or something or which yeah it's WUF it's what World United I don't even know Wrestling United Federation I don't know but it's like wolf like a dog it is like a dog um I think I only realized Wrestlemania is like Wrestlemania once I said it out loud oh man that's (laughs) very funny I know look at there's too much going on in this movie training montage do you want to talk about the training montage because it's adorable it is cute. Yeah. He wears little Russell wears like a gray hoodie. Oh, it is cute. It's yeah, so cute. Um, there's a great moment where like the announcer is uh, you know, announcing Russell, and he he screams, "It's time to Russell!" And you can tell like they originally like had that script as like, "Let's get ready to Russell." Yeah. And then somebody's like, "No, no, 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 no! They are very legal sensitive about that. That we will get sued." And they're like, "Okay, well, um." How can we change it, but still keep the sentiment? And, like, that's what they came up with. Yeah. Come on, Russell. Come on, Russell. Rah, rah, Russell. Russell Ooh, Mania. Yeah. We're going to get sued. Um, the, let's, so you have Mick, I, Vince McMahon, cough, cough, uh, Mick Vaughn as your one villain. And and it's John Ratzenberger with, like, blonde tips in his hair and everything. It's, it's very disturbing. It's weird. It's amazing. Uh, the other villain, let's talk about the other villain. Yes. Uh, he is a wrestler. He is an actual wrestler. Um, I, I didn't know him. Um, Brandon didn't know him. I guess he seemed to be, like, wrestling probably, like, at a time when Brandon wasn't watching. But he was, like, I think on SmackDown and stuff. I forget the Oh, weird. Interesting. Was it, what was the character? Uh, John Hennigan is the actor's name. Is the actor. I forget what his wrestling character i think is better known as something that my computer won't let me look up right now uh but i mean he is clearly a wrestler oh yeah yeah for sure and i mean he comes out he kind of has like a rick flair tyler breeze-esque persona where he's sort of the you know comes out in the giant gilded robe and you know he's a heel his whole thing is how uh great he is and i found him very amusing yeah he was funny yeah uh, he had a great line, too, that I don't think I wrote right, but, like, one of his, like, you know, when he's doing a promo, cutting a promo about um, Russell, mm-hmm. and he says something like, I'm going to crush him like a bag of fleas in a bag that gets crushed. <laughs> and I laughed. Yes, that is very funny. It made me laugh. Um, we have two other um, kind of special, like, bonus cameo actors in this movie. Yes. Um, how great is it to see Fred Willard and Charles Robinson in a dog wrestling movie? So fun. Yeah. They play, like, the announcers. Um, I mean, Fred Willard is basically doing his best in show thing, only about dog wrestling. Uh, And it is fun to have them there, I must say. The family, too. So we get two kids. Yes. The little blonde girl. Little blonde girl. And the boy that I didn't like. The blonde girl is cute. The little boy, not so much. I thought he was okay. He didn't bug me. He's no little girl from that other movie. So she is in this, but I don't know who she is. I think she's a dog. She's credited as Grace, but I don't know what that character was. Maybe she just does a voice. Yeah, there was another animal, wasn't there? Um, I don't recall. You might be right, but I didn't write it down. Crap. I think I even, in my brain, I said, remember this, because I think that's that little girl, but then I, I, I've i already ah. forgotten it. See, I remembered she was in it, and I was trying to look for her. I'm like, did they dye her hair blonde to make her that kid? But no, no. 
But so, yeah, the kids aren't annoying in this movie. Yeah. It seems to be, um, like, it felt like they were going somewhere with the friends. Because the, yes. like, the family moves. They moved. It's, this movie is set in Portland also for whatever reason, even though it's filmed in Canada. And so the kid makes friends at school, like, really quickly because he's like, hey, come to my family's wrestling show. We have a dog that wrestles. And they're like, eh, I don't know. He's like, free hot dogs. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. Hot dogs. Woo. Kids love hot dogs. Uh, but it doesn't go anywhere with them. But it felt like that was supposed to be a bigger thing. But that's fine. <laughs> the, um, there are two Russell songs. Am I wrong? I can only think of Russellmania. That one. Russellmania. I think there's two. I think there's that. That's the montage one. But then I think there's another one they play. You know what? Why not, right? Yeah. I mean, if you can cram in as many original songs about the wrestling dog, why would you Where not? you just say his name over and over again? <laughs> WrestleMania. And then it had, um, I did, because I watched all the way through the end credits because I was having so much fun listening to the song. Uh, and the one bit of lyric that I did write down because I found it enjoyable was... Tell everyone to write that log. He's gonna be the top dog. Oh my god, that's which awful. I thought was prime ace Oscar worthy songwriting right there. Uh, you know, if they're not gonna give an Oscar for best supporting monkey, they should have at least given it to the song. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's. Some of the, the wrestling stuff goes on a, li- a, bit, a little bit too long for me. But before you know it, you, you look and it's got 20 minutes left. Right. You're like, oh, all right. Like well, this, this is, is longer over. than a lot of these movies. Like, this I think is like an hour 40 where usually these things are like out in under 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I was so into it that I wasn't didn't want to stop. No, it didn't feel long. It, uh, really, it, for me, though, it was just those those montages not not montages just like the in the ring sequences could could occasionally feel long okay like okay we got it like that's hurting russell's ears let's <laughs> be done with this part and i think they do have fun with the wrestling bits yeah like because all- i mean it's a wrestling dog movie of right. course they need to show yeah, that should. and so all the wrestlers he fights are like you know it's the mummy and of course russell unwraps him or it's like the German guy and Russell pulls his leader hose in over him. Like it's all as stupid as you can expect, but you know what? Like wrestling is stupid half the time. And it, it's really like playing on kind of the worst of wrestling mm-hmm. where when you watch, you know, and like my husband and I always disagree on this. Cause like, he was like a, a, like a wrestling fan and I enjoy wrestling, but I also really enjoy the really stupid shit in wrestling. Cause I am yeah. campy and dumb. Um, so I would be really happy if like these were, if dude, if we watch NXT next week and a dog comes out and wins, <laughs> I'm not complaining, but he's going to turn it off. Yeah. So for me, this was all good. And like when, the, and they don't, um, like the, the CGI is used so much more sparingly than it was in the one we watched last time. To where even when, like, you have a dog wrestling a wrestler inside a ring, it's like, a, you know, occasionally the dog hits the rope and it's obviously a stupid CGI thing showing the dog spinning. But they they put effort into it just not being that the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
It's a good point. I mean, I, I think it's really cliche and silly when people say, like, it didn't need to be that good. But, like, <laughs> this movie is, is almost better than it needed to be. Yeah. And, again, when you compare it to, like, the, what we were talking about with Santa Paws 2, where it was so lazy. And they made no effort to cover up the fact that Santa's sleigh is a purely computer-generated image. And this one, they put effort in. Mm-hmm. And who knows why? I mean, it's the same director. So whether it's a studio thing, whether it's, you know, the director being allowed in the editing room or what, I don't know. And that's what's kind of fascinating about these is when you could have such varying quality uh, and personality in a movie from yeah. film to film from the same team. Uh, and who knows? Maybe it was just they were like, somebody was kind of more lax in saying, we need to get this done and saying like, all right, yeah, okay, fine, make it look better. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it's hard to know, but like you do feel this one had charm to it where you could tell when they made it, they cared. Yes, that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably a great way to introduce your children to pro wrestling, I think. Or, um, Russell Terriers. Or, or Jack, Jack Russell Terriers. Terriers. Although, again, people out there, they're adorable, but those dogs are hellish. Because they are smart and they are energetic. So they are going to tear your house apart because they're bored and you're, it, they're, they are very, I would never have one myself. They're not good wrestlers. Well, I mean, he was, but he also peed on everything. So, you know... Six and one, half a dozen, whatever that saying <laughs> means. If that's applicable here, I don't even know. But that's my point. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking at dog wrestling movies, Citizen Kane right here, right? This is the Citizen Kane of talking oh, dog movies. Oh, my God. I just had um, a vision, and I wonder if it's real. Do you think there's a movie out there called Citizen Dane about a Great Dane? If not, you better fucking keep your mouth shut because million dollar idea. Oh boy. Oh boy. Maybe I could tell it to Robert Vince and then um, I could become friends with him and we could sit down and talk about why Wrestle Madness is so good. Yep. These are my life goals. All right. Do you have more to say on Wrestle Madness? Um, no, I don't think so. I I'm glad you liked it. We just watched it as a joke for the, <laughs> like the first, the first time I saw it um, because it, Okay, so when they first released it, it was in, like, Walmart and Target, but, like, with a little stuffed Russell. And I was, like, obsessed with this movie that I hadn't seen. I was obsessed about it. Like, I I was like, Russell Madness, I bet. And then we were talking about, do they want to be WrestleMania? Why why Mm -hmm. is it called Russell Madness? So we finally watched it, and I was like, wait a second, this isn't terrible. (laughs) This is really endearing and cute. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's really fun. If I had a kid, this is the talking animal movie I would push. There's nothing creepy about it. There's no like, and you say like, it's got like an Italian feel to it, but it's not like Italian stereotypes. It's, and Russell's not annoying and the kids aren't Mm -hmm. annoying. And I know the story is kind of already the story about the toy store, (laughs) which, which is fine. I don't know. It's just it's just good. Yeah. Like and it's like and I think charm is is something that's so important about it. Like the family is really likable. Yeah, they are. They're not and they're not like they don't act entitled or nope. weird. Like it's just so strange. Like kind of like you said how how can something with similar creative team 
get something so right, but have proven that they don't always get things exactly. right. Yeah, like whatever the energy, like, it's like the energy behind this movie was so much more pleasant. Yeah. Like, like the, the husband and wife are really just sweet and likable and they seem yeah. like good parents and they love each other. And Yeah, they're like, not jerks no. and not like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just good. And it's about a wrestling dog. Yeah, it's really, you're right. It's weird and it's fun and it's silly, but it's, yeah, it's definitely got a lot of heart. Yeah. And again, like there are in jokes for if you're a wrestling fan, like I'm sure people will see things I didn't see, but it's, you know, it, it was written by people that like knew what they were kind of playing on. Mm-hmm. So on that note, uh, quality of film. Seven. Seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd say seven. Yeah. I'm going with that too. Quality of life. Seven point five. Eight and a half. Yeah. I just enjoyed this so much. And That's I am. Amazing. I'm gonna I really hope I can find the uh songs and put them in the show. I'll see what I can do on YouTube. That song, the first time I saw it, that song ran through my head for like a week. <laughs> to the point where That's we knew we were gonna watch this again. Yeah. And we started singing them, and I was like, How do I remember this song? <laughs> And when can I ever sing it at karaoke? One day. I, I know I know you told me there are other words in it, but I swear it's just WrestleMania over and <laughs> over again. Well, it's because it's also hard to not like focus on it because you also have a dog doing a training montage with a monkey. I know. It's incredible. It's exactly as incredible as it sounds. So that was WrestleMania. Uh it is on Netflix Instant and people. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, watch it. Watch that shit. Come on. You know you want to. Uh, now, that those were our movies. That was a show. Onward to streaming recommends. Woo! I have one. What you got for me? <laughs> I, I would hope I do, because we know that <laughs> we we're going to do this. Um, so this is a movie that had a very limited run in theaters here, or like at an Alamo draft house. Okay. Couldn't make it down to see it. I swear it was only there for maybe a week and a half. I was so fucking bummed, because I thought, like, yes, this is a movie. This is a movie that I need to see. Showed up on Instant. It is better than I thought it was going to be. It is amazing. I'm talking it up too much. You might not like it. Um, it is from, I guess, 2016. Yeah, it is called Under the Shadow. And I believe it is an Iranian film. Huh. And it is scary and made me cry. And I hated it, but it was amazing. <laughs> uh, the title's vaguely familiar. I don't know if you've seen the cover go by. You know, um, if I saw that title, I probably would have ignored it because I've probably been like, oh, it's a stupid title. Because um, apparently yes. I'm very judgmental about titles and I use you that You are. Voice. You hate titles. It would seem. Um, it is insanely good. Um, it's about a – primarily about a mother and a little girl and it's set in the 80s. Okay. And um, in the IMDb is telling me that it's set in war-torn Tehran. Which I could have remembered, but I did watch this a little bit ago, and I probably would have stumbled on that. Okay. Um, it is 
crazy good. Hmm. It is. It's kind of like the Babadook, only Ooh, not. Okay. Okay. Um, now I remember. I feel like I remember hearing this called like the Iranian Babadook. It. But like to call it that kind of cheapens it because okay, gotcha. it really bothered me. It was so fucking creepy and upsetting. Like I covered my face a couple times just because the tension that it builds is palpable. And it really like I'm not spoiling anything. I mean, you could probably guess just by the fact that it's about a woman and her kid. It's basically about what it feels like to fail as as a woman and a person. Just at everything. Okay, I like. It's so fucking upsetting. I Let me it. ask you the question that I often ask when we're talking about movies like this. Um, is it, will it take something away if I watch it in two sittings? I wouldn't because okay. it does do a really good job with tension. Okay, gotcha. Um, like there are points, the way the camera moves with her sometimes, like you just, you can't look, you're looking where she's looking and you always feel like there's something she's not seeing mm, in the room, okay. but because of how the camera's positioned, you can't look. So it's just so, so unsettling. Like, why does she not look into the corner when she walks into that yeah, fucking I'm room? There. Doesn't she see? Okay. But it's, it's not necessarily like a, anybody's haunted or there's anything really, like it, it could be all, you know, internalized. It's not like the conjuring which is like there are literally ghosts here right, right. you know okay but, um, i'm intrigued i will give it a I go can't speak highly enough about it and i wish i had seen it in the theater because i think i would have been terrified oh well good to know i will so put it on my queue that's mine okay mine is a very different um title based on what you're saying <laughs> but it was a delight and it is like going to be my new i think like cheer up movie kind of the way um the uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday was kind of one of those movies where I'm like, this movie just makes me happy. Yeah. Um, on Netflix Instant, you can watch Hurricane Bianca. Oh my god, I haven't watched it because I didn't really like Bianca. What? I know. Oh, you shock me. Who didn't like Bianca? Well, I liked Bianca, but she just wasn't like, I don't know, 100% right, For those mine. who don't know what the hell we're talking about... Um, oh yes, so, sorry everyone. Bianca was a uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Bianca was the winner of season five, I think. Um, was you know a queen yeah, from from right. a few seasons back, and I mean she's a comedy queen. She is a you know her she's very witty, and her uh, her kind of shtick was that she was a good sort of insult insult comic, but wasn't like there was a heart underneath it. Like I mean she could read like the best of them but it came from like a real place where you also saw her like no she was cool like she was nice to people that were cool and she was a bitch to those who weren't so i love bianca i'm i'm shocked to hear that you didn't like her no i i like bianca too but her brand of humor is not always for me it's very like middle-aged woman lounge act which is me i i know <laughs> I know. So <laughs> there you have it. But and I and I was very happy that spoiler alert everyone Bianca won, but um yeah, I I've, I've toyed with the idea of watching this a couple times. I think you would love it. It's really I mean it feels very um I'm trying to think of like what, you know, I kind of compare it to Pee Wee cuz it has that kind of feeling about it where it stars Bianca as a substitute teacher. I, I forget, um, I think is, uh, is a man named Richard, I think. And mm -hmm. he like, he just, he loves teaching and he gets a job like teaching in like a backwards town in 
I want to say, I might, might be Texas. And everybody's miserable, miserable to him because he's gay and he gets fired. And so he decides, okay, you know what? Let's see what happens if I go in as Bianca Del Rio and I, and I, you know, teach in that guise and everything. Mm-hmm. And so of course everything is different. And as Bianca, you know, uh, she can insult the students and do all these things. And it's really sweet because it's, um, and it is, I mean, it's still that Bianca humor, uh, yeah. but there's something about it that it's very, a few other Queens show up first off. Um, uh, who else is in there? Um, Shangela is in it. As oh, is... that's exciting. I had actually wondered if there were, like, if any other queens showed up. Yeah, Willem is in there. <gasps> oh, so excited. Willem and Shangela are basically, like, his best friends. I and think I can sell this to Alyssa be watched Edwards in the house very soon. As well. Fuck you. Okay, well, then, obviously, I have to watch it. Yeah. Uh, Alan Cumming has, like, a cameo in there for some reason. Oh, that's good, too. Oh, Elo and Rachel Dratch. Okay, well, we'll watch it. If I let Zach know that that's happened, he he wasn't a Bianca fan either. I I think you'll enjoy it. It feels almost okay. like a John Waters kind of attitude because it's really like, it's that humor, but it's also really sweet. Like, it has a huge heart. Because the whole thing is that, like, Bianca slash Richard is a really nice person. And yeah. is so trodden and is so, you know, just kind of insulted and people are just mean to him for no reason in this small mm-hmm. backwards town. And so it's his way of kind of like taking that over and, you know, saying like, okay, well, you know, here's, here's Bianca and now I can turn the tables on you, but it's not mean. Like when Bianca's yeah, being mean to students, like it comes from this like place of kind of helping them. Um mm-hmm. It's very triumphant. It has a happy ending. Uh, and it just made me smile from beginning to end. Oh, well, okay. That's a pretty good endorsement. Yeah, I'd be very curious to hear what you and Zach think. I'll pro- we'll probably end up watching it. Okay, good. Uh, so then, that's everything. For the next episode, I had an idea for a movie I wanted to cover. Okay, is it a dog ice skating movie? No, because I don't know if there are any. But first oh. off, I'm putting it out to the people. Guys... Is there a animal figure skating movie? Yes. Please let us know. Tell us. Tell us where to find it. We will then act accordingly. Um, <laughs> no, I was just randomly like in a mood to rewatch a movie, and I see that it's still on Netflix Instant, and I'm like, okay. oh, you know what? It's a good like Valentine's Day movie, quote unquote, because it's a really different kind of love, like take on love. And that movie is. Jeez, I have no idea what you're gonna say. Well, I'm gonna say it right now. Uh, I want to watch and cover Timer. Oh, with Emma Caulfield. Yes. Have you seen it? I I liked that movie, I think. Okay. Well, you're going to watch it again. It's been a while. Okay. Yeah, it's one I loved it the first time I watched it, and it's one that I've really been itching to go back to because I I can't stop thinking about it. It's one that I think there's a – it's saying a lot – and I think it's just really well done, and I just really wanted yeah. to revisit it. And I'm like, I think you and I have a lot to say, and it's a movie that I would like to talk about because I would like more people to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to watch that, and I'm going to leave it to you to find an appropriate talking animal or what movie to pair with it. Okay. That is your mission, should you choose to That is my it. mission. Okay, I can, I can accept that mission. Excellent. Excellent. Can we just pick random episodes of Buffy? Uh, that feels like 
uh, that's extra credit. Okay. Um, I can get down with that. Okay. Yeah. Extra credit. You can discuss Buffy. Um, but for actual movie, you do need to pick another movie for it. Oh, damn it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you do, you do have right. a responsibility to this podcast, Christine. Oh, uh, okay. So not rant. What if I was very explicit about what episodes of Buffy? Okay. I'll pick a movie. <laughs> All right, so that's everything, folks. If you would like to chat at us, you can come to Twitter, where we are at Feminine Podcast, or via Facebook, where you just type in The Feminine Critique and join our group and engage in conversation with the lovely people there. They're pretty lovely. They are. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I guess that's everything. So, on that note, dog pee in our eye, and we call it a night. Bye.